Business owners in the digital age are often told that they need to be making data-driven decisions. It's quite the buzz phrase that's going around, but it can be hard to know what it means exactly when the word data gets tossed around to mean everything from your cell phone plan to your personal information. My guest today is Ryan Ball, the director of VGM Market Data. Ryan spends his days helping businesses in the HME and DME industries make better decisions every single day using the information that's already at their disposal. Ryan, welcome to the program. Thanks, Brian. So, Ryan, before we do anything else, I think it would be a good idea for us to clarify for our listeners what we mean by market data. This is a word that gets tossed around so much in our culture anymore that it can be difficult to understand what it means and in what context. Can you provide a little clarity for us on that? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you're right. Data and big data in general is kind of a ubiquitous term anymore. Sure. It seems every industry, every market, anybody that's in business is trying to figure out how can we use data to become more efficient and better at what we're doing. VGM market data really came out of that very concept, but we really focus on how can we help customers, you know, sure. whether that's an HME provider or orthotics and prosthetics or manufacturer vendor partner, how do we really take the data that's available in the, in the HME and the Demi post market and start to make it actionable? Right. What are some of those key pieces that you really want to focus on? And as you work through what are reimbursement rates or, you know, which codes get audited from CMS based off of utilization spikes? You know, everybody else from payers and everybody else in the market is using data to their advantage. HMEs and other providers need to be able to do the same thing. Sure. Let's tell them about how we help them do that. Can you give us just a brief overview of uh, VGM's market data program and what your role in it? exactly is, Ryan. Let our customers know kind of what's what's available to them through it. Sure. Yeah. Really, there's there's all sorts of different types of information that we're able to pull for our customers. So the primary use case for VGM market data is helping you know providers identify where growth opportunities exist within their markets. So we can go through across all major payer sources and identify who are the doctors who are prescribing you know particular products, whether that's ventilation or CPAP or orthotics and prosthetics or whatever it may be. And start to identify and rank by volume who are those key physicians, which DMEs does that physician send business to, and what level of business do you currently get from each individual physician. So as you kind of work your way through that, you can have physician by physician kind of market intel and understand where your best opportunities are. You can also look at you know markets more globally and start to identify, look, where do we really need to be from a strategic planning standpoint? If we're in the city A, Right. We have a great geographic footprint here. We have a solid business. Does it make sense for us to go over, you know, 20 or 30 miles to this next large area? Who are the doctors that make up that business? How much is there? And do we really feel like that's a good investment for us moving forward? So that's kind of the, the, the primary use case is being able to evaluate different markets. Who are the physicians that are in them and really focus your sales and marketing teams on the best opportunities uh, that are available to you within each individual market that you serve? The other piece is really kind of intelligence-based, right? So you want to know and be able to have everybody execute the play that you're calling from a management or a strategic planning standpoint. Sure. But we also look at reimbursement amounts, right? So Medicare has a fee schedule. Everybody's familiar with it. It hasn't had the best kind of bell curve over the last 10 years <laughs> um, as, as you work your way through. But, you know, when you start to look at commercial payers and private payers, how much they pay for a particular DME product or service is, is very, very difficult to find. So we've also really in the last, just the last six to nine months started to help some of our customers help evaluate what do private payers pay for a particular product, whether it's CPAP or ventilation or prosthetics or whatever it may be. What are they paying? How much are they paying to specific providers? And can you use that type of intelligence as you negotiate with different payers? 
One of the questions that I think comes up occasionally in this realm, Ryan, is the is the question of reliability. So the term data is ubiquitous. People throw it around. Um, we all know that statistics can tell whatever story you want. Where are we getting this information and how can our, our customer or our member who wants to take advantage of it know that it's reliable and that it's coming from a good source that is really going to allow them to take advantage of it in a way that's going to be beneficial to their business? Sure, yeah. So we partner with a company called LexisNexis, who most people are familiar with on the legal research side you know, of, of the world, but they also maintain the largest and most comprehensive medical claims database in the country. So as we look at that, you know, Lexus is a, is a global behemoth of a company that we're able to take advantage of all of the investments that they've made over the years in kind of aggregating different data sets together. So obviously you start to look at, you know, whether there's Medicare, Medicaid information that are out there, you know, where our product really starts to separate itself is when you get into the commercial payments and you start to look at across all major payer sources. How can we aggregate all of that data together and make sure to your point that you're putting out something that, that is coherent and relevant within the space. So when we start to look overall, you know, at what do we capture, you know, how do, how do we kind of look at individual markets? We're capturing somewhere between 65 and 75% of all DME claims that are being submitted. Oh, wow. So when you start to look across all of those major payer sources, you can really start to identify and drill into where are the opportunities that exist. VGM Market Data has been in this for close to six years and Lexus has been in the market through different channel partners for over 15 years. It's a lot of so experience. It's got a lot of time and a lot of resources that have been put behind this individual product. And we've really focused it into the HME space. So we have these resources. Tell me about the ways in which customers can use this in a concrete way to benefit their business. You talked a little bit about having geographical data. So that hints at the idea that, well, maybe we can expand the business we already have end of the next county. But what are, what are some of the other ways that uh, our members are taking advantage of this in order to become more profitable? It, it's really, you know, at its, at its crux is about getting more value out of the teams that you already have. So from a sales and marketing standpoint, we can really shrink down any particular market to who are the 40, 50, 100 doctors within that particular area that are the key drivers of business. Right. You want to know and understand and have an ability to say, look, I want to train my teams on focusing and targeting on the best opportunities that are there. Sure. So most of the customers that we're going to work with are going to say, look, I, I feel like I know a lot about my current market. But as you work your way into the data, there are always insights and things that you didn't necessarily know. So when you're in a current market, it's all about, in some cases, validating what you do know. But I've yet to have an individual client or customer come back to me and say, gosh, we didn't learn anything out of Sure. Right. There's always doctors. Everybody, you know, I assume who's listening and everybody in a medical provider world has some level of a competitor, whether that's a national company or another independent or a hospital based or whatever it may be. You know, as you start to look at that, they obviously have physicians and patients that they're working with and that they're sure. staying in business, you know, working on. Competition so, for referral sources is fierce. In our exactly. Industry. And if you're not out there trying to market to where those top individual physicians are and have an understanding of, OK, this you know, this particular group of physicians tends to send the majority of their business to my main competitor. Is there a way for us to work our way into that mix and see if we can start to convert some of that prescribing behavior? So it's all about how can we kind of shrink down the playing field to the most valuable kind of opportunities that are there, give you as much intelligence about those opportunities as we can from a volume and a competitive standpoint, 
And then from there, it's really about training, you know, your sales and marketing teams to really focus on those opportunities. When you start to look at the key drivers of business in a particular market, you're probably only talking about a couple handfuls of doctors that are controlling 20, 30 percent of the volume for most DME products. So, you know, do you want to spend time trying to talk to the 10 or 15 that, you know, are driving a, a really big percentage or outsized chunk of business in any particular market? Or do you kind of want to throw a dart at the wall and, and hope that we hit a big one? There's just a, a little bit better way and a little bit more nuanced way of going at certain markets. And that's really where our customers tend to thrive is trying to put together. Look, we know who the, who the doctors are that send business to us. So are we, is there more that we can maximize there with some of those doctors? Are we missing some current market share with those docs? Those are obviously the easiest ones to get into because you already have some level of an existing relationship with them. So as you start to work your way through, you've got who are the doctors that send us business, but we don't get enough of it. And then you've got who are the doctors that send the majority of their business to somebody else. And how can we start to put programs together in place to identify who they are? And in many cases, put together different messages to go after some of those offices to make sure that you're really hitting them with the most relevant information. So we have uh, geographical areas to expand to. We have potential referral sources to capture. What about what about product and service offerings, Ryan? Is there anything that market data can do to help people identify how they might easily be able to reach for some new offering that might have an immediate impact on their bottom line in their area? Yeah, I think a lot of it is driven by you know individual company by company focus points. So when we start to work with a DME provider, for example, that's going through the strategic planning process for 2019 or 2020, obviously they're being told, look, you have to have a certain amount of growth. This is where we're trying to get to. But the question is, how do you, how can you actually define and quantify where that growth is going to come from? So when you start to dig into whether that's a different geographic area or a different product offering, right? In a lot of cases, it's what's the strategic direction that this provider is trying to go in? Are they trying to increase their geographic footprint? Are they trying to focus on their core? Are they trying to get into a new product market? And the data can tell you answer basically all of those questions for you, right? What's your best bet? Should you go over and look at this particular county that's next door because there's twice as much business over there as you're currently kind of working on in your current market? You know, is there an underpenetrated, undersaturated area within your guys' current footprint that a particular customer competitor of yours really digs into and, and you know, kind of beats you on. And then obviously, is there another product that we could start to bring into the fold? All of those things are pretty strategic decisions for a company to start to do, particularly getting into a new product area. So when we start to look at the data, we're now kind of starting to look at, okay, let's look at kind of a strategic market assessment, right? Who are the key competitors in any particular market? How much business is there? Can we quantify the total volume of, of claims or patients that are on CPAP or ventilation? within this particular area, how much do we get and how much is left, right? Sure. If you're pretty heavily concentrated in one particular geographic area and you have a really strong hold on the referral sources there, and you're trying to go from being a primary kind of traditional respiratory provider to a more complex respiratory provider with ventilation and, and different you know types of more advanced therapies, there's a pretty strong message to be made there, a story to be told to those referral sources that you have a really strong relationship with. Now, maybe there just isn't that much business there in that new market, and that's where the data really comes in. You can start to answer some of the questions before you make decisions, and that's really right. what data-driven marketing and data-driven kind of decision-making is all about. But strategic planning is a huge piece of what we do in trying to help those that are developing their strategic plans to really have an understanding of how much business is really there and what's the best decision we can make based off of what the data is telling us. And I, I love 
that because they're, I mean, when you're making these decisions, a lot of times these decisions are expensive. Anytime you're, you're talking about expanding your business in any way, you're, you're talking about an investment of right. time, energy, money. And so this can let you make those decisions in a, in a way that's, that's very strategic, very targeted, as opposed to just making a gut call or, or thinking like, oh, well, you know, this seems like it would be a good idea. I mean, the next county over, you know, it's close enough. It'd be easy enough to get started. My cousin Frank lives over there and works for our company. Of course we should right. do that. But yeah, so much, so much anecdotal, right? right? I mean, everybody that's had to go through a strategic planning process <laughs> and kind of present it to anybody knows that in many cases, you're kind of just picking numbers out of the clear blue sky and try to figure out. How can I get to what I'm trying to accomplish, right? So this helps us quantify it a little bit more and really kind of helps you make a little bit more targeted decisions, whether that's, you know, getting into some of these other pieces, evaluating what you're doing now, or even going so far as for personnel decisions to say, hey, look, this is a much stronger and bigger area for business than we thought it was. We should move rep, you know, X, yeah. sales rep X into this particular area. We should really crank up some of our marketing to some of these key facilities over here. And that's going to start to affect what you're going to do in some of the other areas. So, you know, the old adage, do you have a great rep or does that rep have a great territory? You know, you can, <laughs> you can start to define some of those things now sure. and make sure you're, you're deploying your assets in the most valuable way that you can. Well, Ryan, without getting into anything uh, confidential or anything like that, I, I was hoping that maybe you could share some examples of some success stories that people have had when they've come to you and, and taken advantage of the opportunity to make decisions based on the numbers, based on what the data is actually showing, as opposed to just kind of throwing darts at the wall, as you said earlier, can right. you, are there some, some stories that you can tell of, of how people have found success with this? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's funny because when you start to think about the conversation that we've had so far, a lot of that has been kind of describing some of those particular situations, yep. right? So you get somebody, you know, who's, not necessarily new to the job, but new to maybe managing a sales team. Where do I start? How can I really start to put the pieces on the board together? We had somebody who came into an HME company, formerly from a pharma company. Okay. Right? So those people have a real good understanding of how to utilize prescription data oh, yeah. to start to target that's, key that's opportunities. The whole that's name where of the all game. of this came from, right? <laughs> so when you start to you know work with those types of people, it's gosh, I, I don't have any, I don't have any numbers. I don't have any way to be able to to put all these pieces of the puzzle together. And so when we started working with this particular HME, you know, they had a sales team of only three people and they were really concentrated in, you know, in about a three or four county area. And we started working with them to say, hey, look, you know, if you started to look at, you know, one of the things that you guys are, are going down the road to is to go from traditional CPAP company and start to get a little bit deeper into ventilation. Okay. And then you also have an idea to get into orthotics, right? Kind of completely diversify your revenue stream and start to look at some of these different areas. So we, we went in and kind of helped them say, okay, across your markets, right? This is the volume of business that we can see. And this is where we can see your guys' overall kind of capture market share, mm -hmm. right? But that only tells part of the story because you're not in those other two markets. So we kind of put together an, a plan for them to start to look at, okay, here's where you really need to be, where your best opportunities are in those four counties that you're already in, right? Here's where you want to try to expand your current business. Sure. And then as you Consolidate start to, what you have and yep. before you take this leap into a complete Exactly. And then you start the orthotics one was kind of a complete curveball because it's out of the realm of what any what they what they currently do. So they, they took one of their individual salespeople after recognizing the fact that there's not any real strong crossover between the doctors that are prescribing CPAP and ventilation to mm -hmm. those that are looking at and, you know, orthotics in a particular market. Right. So they actually took one of their salespeople and said, okay, part of the time you're going to be the dedicated orthotics rep. 
right? And really focus on that. And over time, they started to see that business build a little bit and they made that a full-time position. They backfilled where they were on the DME side and they were really starting to take advantage of some things. So once we kind of got that four county kind of market scenario together and they were kind of humming on all cylinders, now next year we're looking at, okay, what are some of the new areas geographically that we can start to bleed over into? There's another kind of major metropolitan area about 30 miles to the north, right? So how can we start to work our way through and say, well, let's try to quantify that market. Number one, who are the key players there? You know, is there a, a you know, some level of um, ingrained or contracted business that you're not going to be able to get to? That's another piece that I think is important to be able to understand. Okay, well, here are the five main competitors in this DME market. Boy, this it's a huge market. There, you know, there's absolutely three times as many patients that we're looking for in this market as to where we're going now. But half of those patients are tied to a particular hospital that owns their own DME. Right? Ah, yep. So understanding that you can now just basically write off a great big chunk of that new market that was out there kind of changes the decision process a little bit sure and start to work your way through look where where really should we play and what's our best opportunity and that's what we try to do we try to take all these different facets of data that we're working through you know which really is as long as it's being billed to a payer whether it's a product or a service or anything we're able to provide some level of intelligence on who's touching it the most and where should you go to find more of it, right? That's the crux of this. But at the end of the day, you can really start to manufacture a lot of things, you know, outside of that to make sure that you're taking advantage of all the opportunities. Ryan, if there are listeners out there who have either been throwing darts at the wall up to this point and things haven't been going as well as they'd hoped, or or even if, if things are going relatively well, but they, they're just interested in really being able to focus on, on data-driven decisions and data-driven growth, how can they get a hold of you, sir? My direct number is 866-394-6868. Uh, you can certainly go to vgmmarketdata.com or you can send me an email at ryan.ball, B-A-L-L, at vgm.com. Ryan, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Something that we didn't touch on that you'd like to make sure that they have in their minds before we sign off? Yeah, you know, we really focused on what are some of the pieces of data that are out there that you could go out and acquire I think everybody on the call, every listener should really kind of take a step back and think about what's the data that I already have at my disposal, at my fingertips that maybe we're not utilizing, right? So as you work your way through, everybody has, you know, an EMR system anymore, and that kind of runs their business. You can absolutely be able to have intelligence on, you know, who are some of the key doctors that send you the most business, right? Can you trend that volume over time? What is the sales call planning for your top, you know, 20% of referral sources? Because at the end of the day, that's a different call and a different plan if you're going after somebody that's really big as to going after somebody that's not quite as big. Sure. Right. So you really want to focus your time and efforts. But I would say take a step back and really focus on who are the key drivers of volume for your business and make sure that you've got a really strong relationship with them. Because as we kind of went through this conversation, you can start to look at, look, if you're not out there communicating with referral sources, there's a lot of information out here that somebody new to the game could go out and start to go after some of the doctors that you work with. Yeah. So you're, you've got to protect yourself, number one. But number two, you know, it's just good business practice to know, you know, who are the key drivers of volume for you? And, you know, are we communicating with them effectively? Are they pleased with the work that we're doing? And then, you know, along with that, you can start to get into all sorts of different data that you have at your disposal. You can start tracking readmission rates, days outstanding for different AR. 
you know, all those different things that you guys are able to track. Yeah. I know that readmission rates are, right? are especially important for, for marketing. A lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, providers want to be able to say, Hey, our readmission rates are really low. People come to see us and they don't have to see us very much. We get them on the right track that we get them back to work. That's a way that you can market yourself, right. a success story that you can tell using information that's already in your computer system. Yeah, already. And again, getting away from the more anecdotal and getting into more fact and evidence based. Yep. So that's that's really what payers utilizing love data are all about. Yeah, I mean, we all know payers use data against us all the time, uh-huh. right? That's how they make decisions. So we should be doing a similar job there. But if you want to go in and be able to have an effective conversation with a CFO of a hospital or you know a payer, whomever it may be, you can't just go in and say, "Well, we we really care for our patients. We're great at caring for our patients." You got to have something to back that up. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. We we appreciate it. And uh, folks, seriously, don't miss out on this opportunity. Give Ryan a call if you're curious. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that we can that we can start to do here and kind of change the way that we do business and hopefully change the way that we grow as companies. Wonderful. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good one. You bet. 